Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, episode 15. Can I borrow your pit bull? Recorded March 8th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. All right. Welcome back to the Periodic Table, episode 15, the Phosphorus episode. Ah, uh, Phosphorus. Phosphorus, the 15th element on the Periodic Table. Phosphorus. Phosphorus is an essential component in living systems. It is found in nervous tissue, bones, cell protoplasm, and it exists in several forms, including red, white, and black. The white variety catches fire spontaneously when in contact with oxygen. Which I think is just incredible. commonly used in um, munitions. Actually, I think that's against the the uh, articles of war or whatever now. They used to do it, like in, in Vietnam. You'd get shot with a phosphorus round and just burst mm-hmm. into flame, and you can't do anything about it. You can't nope. put water on it. It doesn't help. It's self-oxidizing. You can put water on it, but... <laughs> it doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. But you can't do it. It's just... It's kind of like voting for Newt Gingrich in Georgia. <laughs> My name is Mark, and I hope you know that. And with me this week, I have Mr. Aaron Butler. Hey, Aaron. Hello, everybody, and I am so excited to be here at the periodic table. And those of you that didn't make it, that were supposed to be at the periodic table, you're missing out because we're going to have a load of fun. That's right. We have, we are just us two um, at the moment. Hopefully, others will be joining us. There seem to have been some miscommunication among our guests uh, or our hosts. And so uh, we're all you got, but that's okay. Hopefully, we'll make up for it. Um, I plan on being extra witty. Good, good. And there have been times when uh, you and I have been the ones doing most of the arguing anyway. So. Exactly. Even when we agree. That's right. <laughs> Mark, you confuse me when you agree with me and argue with me at the same time. That's right. <laughs> I had a friend in college. I wish I could get him on. Um, you, you knew him, of course, Aaron. His name is Troy. Troy and I would have these epic arguments about which neither of us actually cared the outcome. It was just the the act of arguing was was like a, 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 um, a sporting event for the two of us. We would argue for hours on end about nothing, about things that we both agreed with just for the fun of arguing. That's always great. I, I assume you remember those conversations. It was just, he was, he was so much fun to argue with because it never broke down into name calling. No. It was always civil and, and intelligent commentary. Well, on his side, anyway. I, I enjoy a, a good debate as much as anybody, yeah. more than most. <laughs> That's right. As long as you're willing to actually debate with me about it and, and, and make valid points. If you're just ignoring what I'm saying and, and refusing to accept the validity or, or, or refute what I'm saying, you know, um, then it's not that much fun. Some people might even say I have a contentious personality. Yeah. But I agree with them when they do. One of my coworkers has a little cartoon in a cube, and it's these two people sitting at like a dinner table. One of them says, we could agree to disagree, but then I would just be preoccupied about thinking about the fact that you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, the way I usually put that is, that's okay. I'll allow you to be wrong. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then we just go from there. So the first story I have for us this week sort of picks up on – Two weeks ago, maybe last week, I can't remember. Um, it was it was last week. It was last week. A group of uh, medical professionals, doctors, if you will, um, have created a position paper. Not it's this is not a medical uh, text or anything. It's just a, a position paper 
uh, published in a couple of scholarly journals. And they're medical ethicists. Medical ethicists. And they contend that um, abortion is no different than infanticide. That killing a baby before it's born is no different than killing a baby after it's born. They refer to them as afterbirth abortions. So they say that there's, there are abortions and there are afterbirth abortions. And in terms of the ethics of whether you're killing a human or what, there is no difference between the two. Now, clearly, in every entity, uh, governmental entity in the world, there is a legal difference between the two. But these ethicists say that there should be no ethical or moral difference between the two. Either way, it is taking a life. Now, you can justify that one way or the other. We yeah. do that all the time. We justify taking lives for all sorts of ways, for, uh, for punishment for crimes, for war, uh, for all sorts of reasons. But they say that in terms of the raw ethics, it's killing a person, whether it happens before or after they're born. And they even, um, uh, the, I think one of the last lines of the article says that we could even start referring, referring to uh, um, abortions as antenatal infanticide if we wanted to. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, and these guys aren't being tongue in cheek. They're really, you know, trying to make a point, I think, because they, they say that at birth, uh, the baby is a potential person. Right. They're not a person yet. And, and this is actually kind of funny to me because this is an argument I've used uh, before in, in debates and discussions with people that are that are pro-choice or um, anti-life, however you want to, whatever way you want to skew it to make them mad. Um, because I, I've said before, you know, I, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but to make the point, if you if you have an abortion because of inconvenience, it's not a convenient pregnancy. Well, there's been, you know, there's lots of times when a four-year-old's been inconvenient to a parent. Right. Why don't I just pop a cap in them and get them out of the way? They're too expensive. You know, I lost my job and I can't afford my kid anymore. So just get rid of them. But that, you know, that sounds ludicrous and ridiculous and, and harsh and mean. But, and here we, here we have a group of medical ethicists who are saying basically the same thing. Right. Let me read you sort of the uh, operating paragraphs of their, their paper. We take person to mean an individual who is capable of attributing to his or her own, exi- own, her own existence in at least some basic v- value, such as being deprived. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. We take person to mean an individual who is capable of attribu- attributing to her own existence some, at least basic value that being deprived of this existence represents a loss to her. Interesting, they they've, uh, put the female there. In the English language, it's generally when gender is not known, you say the male, uh, the he, but they've gone with female. So they argue that it's not possible to damage a newborn by preventing her from developing the potentiality to become a person. Well, and then it brings up the whole other side of euthanasia, too. Right. Once, once the person is no longer productive, right. or, you know, you're no longer killing a person because they're no longer uh, uh, a part of society. Right. Somebody in a long-term coma or in a vegetative state. Are no longer they cease to be people at the point at which they can no longer contribute. Now, if you carried that out to its extreme, every night when I go to sleep, I become a non-person. Therefore, if you murder me in my sleep, you're not killing a person. Barbie in the chat room, take note of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you could argue ethically that killing somebody in their sleep is not murder. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It, that's it, you know, my dad if he were still alive, would say that's just people got too much time on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> they need to be doing something with their life instead of 
trying to decide if anybody else's life is worthwhile because obviously theirs is not. Um, That's interesting, uh, but just interesting. Uh, I think it uh, it cuts through a lot of the BS about the whole abortion debate. People always, you know, it's not a person. It's it's not a viable mass, you know, and they're totally agreeing with that. Absolutely. It's not a person. Let's just stipulate that it's not a person. There are other times in one's life when you might become a non-person. So let's stop um, making a line at birth and just say there are times when you're a person and times when you're not a person, and it's okay to kill you when you're not a person. Right. And I think they make a very valid, when, just pure logic, you make a very valid point that there's no difference between abortion and infanticide. Yeah, they've proven my point. I think you know, they've, they've argued my own point for me, but in, in, in the reverse. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that it is infanticide. You know, which is illegal. You can't kill an infant right now, but you can kill that infant if it's in utero. Yeah, and interesting, so. they don't even bring up legality. They're st- st- speaking speaking strictly strictly from an ethical morality standpoint and point, and not legal. There are lots of things that are legal that aren't moral, and vice versa. Right. Well, let's just go straight from the highbrow um, ethical uh, uh, moral. The discussion of the human nature and human condition straight to the rumpus, Mark. <laughs> That's right. So we, we've, there are several <laughs> things that we have sort of become developed themes on this show over the last few years. And unfortunately, and, and the pooper shoot has become one of them. And this was submitted by a couple of listeners. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that out there. I just got to say, ordinarily, I wouldn't. But because this was submitted by listeners, I felt I needed to, and not just one, several. I felt I needed it, well, it to. Well, it ties right in with the cocaine thing, too, though. Right. And the gun, there, <laughs> like you said, the theme. Right. There's a an urban legend that's been around for a while, according to Snopes.com, for a couple of uh, almost uh, uh, two decades, that uh, teens are using uh, liquor-soaked tampons to get the buzz of being drunk without the alcohol breath or the obvious signs of drinking. So that uh, women are putting it in their vagina and, and boys are putting it up their butt. They soak a tampon in vodka or something like that, shove it in there, and a few minutes later you get a buzz. And apparently you get a better buzz because they say it without having to be digested. It's absorbed directly into the, the bloodstream, and so you get a, a purer buzz. So uh, an author at the Huffington Post um took her job seriously and decided there was only one way to test this, and that was to test it. So she took some tampons, she took some vodka, she took a trip to the bathroom, and I'll leave the details from there. And her, her, uh, her findings were threefold. One, it's very hard to get a tampon to absorb any liquid at all. Any significant amount between an ounce to an ounce and a half, basically a small shot. Two, it's very difficult to then insert said engorged feminine device. And thirdly, when you do, you really, really, really wish you hadn't. So uh, apparently, there's uh, it's a very painful experience to put uh, rather high proof alcohol drink into very sensitive parts of the body. Um, <laughs> wow. She, uh, let's see. I, I want to get to the, the actual 
quote. Here we go. My reaction. Oh, sweet mother of Jesus. Oh, absolute fire water. Holy shit. That's what she wrote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could really use a freaking epidural right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's safe to relegate this one purely to the um, uh, status of urban legend because A, it's not enough alcohol to get you buzzed. B, it's difficult to work with a tampon once it's full and you can't fill a tampon without uh, after it's inserted. And C, it would be the, the worst experience of your life. In fact, she jokingly says at the end that I think all mothers should encourage their daughters to do this. Yeah, I tried it in the 60s. It was awesome. You'll try it. And then the kids will never want to drink ever again if that's their first experience with alcohol. Wow. I'm just, I'm still, I'm just sitting here in disbelief that she actually tried it. I just want to know how much the Huffington Post pays their writers because, you know, at 300 you know, a, a, a penny a word or whatever they, they that might be. I can't imagine that experience was worth it in any way. And and wow. she she took very scientific uh, uh, approach to it. She had even did uh, a control. She did a control. Like the next day after any alcohol she might have consumed had cleared her body, she drank roughly the same amount of vodka in the traditional fashion, and the buzz she said was much much better. Much more familiar, I think, was her her phrasing. So, wow, there you have it. Uh, butt chugging, as it's known, I, I think you can scratch that one off the parental warning list. And this is something that's gotten major uh, news. It, it shows up on uh, television stations and, and news stories from time to time. So, there you go. Okay, and now we've got to cover the next thing that is... Uh, very popular on the periodic table, and that's porn. <laughs> and there is a teacher. Well, I will note though, we've yet to have an episode where we've promoted it. That's right. Or encouraged it. We've just advocated it or sold it. <laughs> but we have <laughs> seems it has come up in some way every time. So uh, Van Halen had it right when they talked about being hot for teacher. Or was that Motley Crue? It was Van Halen. Oh, that, that was Van Halen. We'll start school. off with Alex doing that dum 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 on the drums, you know, little yes. double bass thing. Middle school teacher at Haydock Elementary School in, uh, I believe that's New York. Am I right? Um, um, Oxnard School Districts, Oxnard, California. Okay, so um, a teacher, an elementary school teacher, uh, uh, no, excuse me, intermediate school teacher. So that would be for those of you not in the U.S., intermediate school would be. Fifth and sixth and seventh grades, generally. So, 12-year-olds, roughly. So, um, this teacher, um, a student, got a hold of some porn and said, you know, that looks a lot like Miss, what's her name? They didn't release her name. So, we'll call her McGillicuddy. That looks a lot like Miss McGillicuddy. Which just makes it really weird calling her Miss McGillicuddy, but go ahead. Uh, I don't know where that name came from. Uh, so uh, the teacher, the student showed her to another stu- student who said, why, yes, that does in fact look a lot like Miss M. Um, and then the couple of teachers got wind of it and they took it to the principal. <laughs> I can't imagine this conversation. Hey, um, let me show you this porno. No, no, trust me. 
there's there's a good reason for it. And what is their schools filtering like if all of these people can find this video? Um, yeah. um, Miss McGillicuddy was Lucille Ball's mom on, <laughs> on I Love Lucy, which is why I said that was okay. Strange. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I just who's the kid that brought it up? How do you, how do you bring that up cleverly? Yeah, you well, know they, they he didn't bring it to a teacher. He brought it to another student. And then a teacher said, what are you guys doing? And they were busted. Uh, and so the teacher has oh, been, I missed that part of the article. I didn't, I didn't yeah. read that into that depth. So the teacher has been, um, suspended pending investigation at this point, they cannot prove it is her and they have not yet disproved that it is her, but apparently the woman in the video bears a striking resemblance to a teacher at the school. And uh, it brings up an interesting question. Uh, is is that a big deal? I mean, uh, presumably, she's not still doing it. Hopefully, it's something um, that was in her past. But let's let's stipulate that. Let's say that when she was 18, she needed some money, and she made the one video one time. Should that preclude her from being a teacher for the rest of uh, her life? Absolutely. She should never be around children again. Yeah. No, I would say no. Well, there, you know, we, we discussed in a previous episode, didn't we, about um, the a porn, porn star, star slash actress who went and read books at an elementary school as a volunteer and got her hand slapped. So we're all about porn and education here at Element OB Networks, right. educating people through porn. Now, if it was well, uh, a video she made last weekend while she's currently being a teacher, that would fall under the fall under the moral turpitude clause of a of a contract. Right. That uh, you're engaging in behavior that is not uh, commensurate with your position, and so we're going to dismiss you. And I could support that. I would say that 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 being an active porn star and being an active uh, teacher of twelve year olds should not go together. Well, one thing I, I think is just funny in the article is the the school statement. We're asking teachers to discourage the children from searching for and or visiting these inappropriate sites. <laughs> right, because ordinarily it's okay, but since it might be right. a teacher. And it does say, Mark, in the article, the officials were alerted, alerted when students showed administrators a pornographic video allegedly starting the teacher. Okay. So it's like, Miss Johnson, Miss Johnson, come over here. Doesn't that look like Miss McGillicuddy? How does that go down? Wait. She's going to move her face here in a minute so that you can, you can see it. Wait, just wait right. for the next shot. Uh, <laughs> Craziness. So uh, speaking, of, speaking of pornographic videos... <laughs> transitioning yes. smoothly to the next thank you, uh thank you um the old our old friend the hulkster hulk hogan now 58 years old and considerably less hulking than he had been at uh, some point in his past recently had a sex tape um offered to a porn company um a woman oh. he go ahead I was say, on his behalf, like right, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't his doing. Okay, it, a woman he had a dalliance with, who uh, by all indications was neither his ex-wife nor his current wife, uh, went to a uh, a porn production company with a video of her and Mister Hogan, and offered to sell it. Now, my question about this is, who wants to see this? Who wants to see a 58-year-old man getting busy? I mean, really, why would that even sell? I don't know. 
morbid curiosity for for people who are morbidly curious and mildly deviant. Yeah, and it says that uh, that the Hulkster uh, removed his shirt and uh, said, "I started to work out again," and then hopped off into the bed and uh, uh, went from there. It says it's unclear when exactly the tape was made, but Hogan told uh, TMZ that he was secretly filmed without his permission and called it an outrageous invasion of privacy. And I got to say, Hulkster, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he, if he didn't know, even if he knew it was being filmed, if he didn't sign some kind of paperwork <laughs> right. to, that released to, uh, you know, them to do that, that is a, uh, well, but in, not, in the U S the laws are, if you're a public person, um, you, you give up those rights, uh, to a large extent. Is that true? Cause I know Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian and all of them, they sued and had them pull all their stuff because it was more along the lines of, you know, my face and my brand is my living and you are stealing my living. Night Star. I'm the only one who should be able to release a sex tape of myself. Yeah. Like, uh, Pamela Anderson. Uh, Nightstar in the chat room says that these two stories put together just prove that kids find better porn. So <laughs> if it was Mrs. McGillicuddy or Hulk Hogan, uh, the kids found the better porn. Wow. <laughs> Some of the stories this week are, are you just qu don't quite know how to handle this one. Oh, uh, wow. I mean, I, yeah. It, my thing on that is. Uh, the lady who did it, I guess it's just a quick buck. You know, if you're morally, if you're morally bankrupt exactly. and you don't care about who you are and you have no ethics, you have no morals and you can get $20,000 for selling a tape of Hulk, Hulk Hogan. You have the tape of Hulk Hogan, Hulk uh, of the Hulkster. Why not? If you're morally bankrupt. So it makes you wonder, did she bang him just because she knew she could get a camera there or, you know, was it his, uh, eighties fame? Now back in the day, in 1982, he was a fine specimen of a man, and I can understand him getting some action then. But today, he's a broken-down former fine specimen of a man, but he's still got a name. Yeah. I find his current wife, I believe he said, they said is 35 years old, so uh, he, uh, he must have some magnetism still there. So, from, uh, from aging wrestlers... Uh, in compromising position, let's move straight on to mechanical automatons in compromising positions. A uh, a mechanic, actually an auto auto mechanic, um, at a tech um, conference, has created two pole dancing robots. The robots are designed. By a British robot maker slash artist, Giles Walker. They're driven by old car motors, and their moves are controlled by a computer wirelessly, via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or something like that. They're at the CBIT um, show, whatever, C-E-B-I-T. I don't know what that stands for, and I didn't take the time to look it up. Uh, but apparently in the main area, in the expo hall, when you walk in, on either side of the entrance are two pole dancing robots. Wow. Huh? <laughs> I, 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 wait, what part of the dormant brain has to wake up for you to think, you know what? I'm going to make pole dancing robots out of car parts. 
I got, I've got the time. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they make robots now that, uh, can perform surgeries that can disarm bombs that can, uh, perform a search and rescue. But what we really need is robots with gyrating hips. That's what we really need. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's a perfectly good use for an old motor. (laughs) (laughs) He's being green. He's repurposing old. Motors to make no, I actually think old dancing robot. White. So what? I think he actually painted them white. Oh, not green. <laughs> so uh, oh. yeah, pole dancing robots. That's definitely going to get your attention, right? And there's a third robot that's the DJ. So there's the two two pole dancing robots, and then a third one is the DJ spinning discs or whatever. Um, and it's in Hanover, Germany, a, a tech fair there. Um. It's cool, I guess, but uh, I sure don't get it. I, I don't that those two things would never have come together. Uh, uh, yeah, again, morally bankrupt, too much time on their hands, need a little money. <laughs> well, is, uh, I mean, is that morally bankrupt? Really? I mean, but clearly he had something to model it after. Uh, after, so he's had some some experience, I would assume. But I mean, I'm I'm just thinking of the fact of of. That's not how to, I don't know. I don't even know how to it's comment art, on that. Aaron. Once you call it art, you can do anything. You can put a crucifix in urine and call it art. Apparently. Yeah. So, uh, that's going way back to the, what was that? The late eighties. Yeah. That was a while, while back. So, uh, you know, it, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dump on him for, uh, his choice of art, but like many things in the art world, I don't get it. Is it supposed to be art? Is it really supposed to be art or is it? Is it, a, is it a man's play thing? <laughs> I think maybe it's art because it's weird, and that's how he can defend it. Okay, yeah. That's that's the modern um, defense for anything odd. <laughs> Nightstar in the chat room says, how bored was he? That's what I'm saying, exactly. I don't, I, I'm just like, I'm, I can't even do sentence fragments. All I can do is phonemes. <laughs> I do, I, 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 oh. So That's all I can say. So he's sitting at home watching uh, Demi Moore in striptease for the 75th time, and he ran out of lotion, and he thought, you know, I can make a robot that'll do that. And so he heads out to the garage. Wow. Ah, whatever. Do we ever go back up from here, Mark, tonight, or is this it? Are we, are we, do we start high, and we're bottomed out, and we're just staying there? Um, or do we, do we ever come? Is there any hill in the future? Or? No, not really. No, okay. I'm sorry. I just want to know. I just want to set my will to <laughs> plow on through. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the uh, the 11 mile mark in a marathon. It just doesn't get any better from here. You just you just got to grind through. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of grinding, we've got pole dancing robots. <laughs> okay. Now this next one is bizarre in a whole different lady, uh, a whole different lady, a whole different way. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there is a lady involved. So, a woman in Commerce Township, Michigan, is being terrorized on her own property by a 25-pound turkey that she calls Godzilla. This is a a rather large wild turkey that uh, has moved into the area in which she lives. And every time she walks out of the door, it attacks her. 
She says it camps out by her car every morning. It knows her schedule. It has learned where she's going to be when. So when she heads out to the car to go to go to the store or go to work or whatever, the turkey is there and attacks her. He just well, works around th- screeching and jumping out and attacking. She says, I'm afraid to go out of my house. If I have to go to the post office at six o'clock in the morning to avoid him, I have to get out there and do my errands before he shows up. Well, on one of those errands, she should buy a gun. Right. <laughs> or a and shovel. Shoot- <laughs> it's a turkey, people. <laughs> yeah, she's, she has eaten several of them in her lifetime. It's, oh, it's wow. a bird. Run over it the next time. She has a car. car. Right. <laughs> It's all like Cujo that can trap you in the car outside your house. (laughs) It's not going to be breaking through the window and foaming at the mouth. It's a bird. And so she brought out this um, specialist. There's a video that I'll link to. A specialist. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'll put it in the chat room for uh, anybody watching. Uh, But uh, uh, Nightstar says, don't invite it over for dinner. Invite it to be dinner. And and in the the little... um, story they ask her about that she's like no i don't want to eat it i think it has a right to live so she's a tree hugger she's just not a turkey hugger um but i just want it to go away so they bring out like this uh, basically animal control i guess and um the guy in the in the video is talking about what a majestic animal it's a beautiful and majestic and noble bird and then the bird attacks him which is hilarious like (laughs) during the interview the bird attacks him well, and you know, you watch the video. The, the thing is so deadly and, and horrible that the guy with the broom w- walks along and holds the turkey at bay with a broom. With a broom. <gasps> oh, it's killer turkey, though. Yeah. Killer turkey. I'm thinking a nine iron could dispatch that thing quite handily, and you're done with it. Uh, but to say that she's terrorized by Godzilla. Okay, 25 pounds is a pretty big turkey, but come on. I'm allergic to poultry, and I would eat him. <laughs> just to show him who's just boss. Just on principle, right? I, I would eat him with a side order of Benadryl and the EpiPen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you take a bite, you down it with some Maalox and or some Benadryl, and you go. Um, that's awesome. On principle, show him who's boss. I'm thinking you just go get a dog. Just borrow <laughs> one. You don't have to buy a dog. Just find somebody on Craigslist and say, "Can I borrow your pit bull for?" 25 minutes. It won't take long. Just show up <laughs> with your animal and a free dinner included. Bring your dog over and I'll, uh, and you get a free Turkey dinner. Okay. We got two, two, two possible show titles right there. I eat him <laughs> with the side of Benadryl. <laughs> Can I borrow your pit bull? <laughs> there you go. We're, we're starting to get the show titles. Now we're rolling. We're getting warmed up. See, I'm going to add another one to that. How bored does he have to be? Okay, so the next one on the list, and what I'm calling, anyway, the title that I've given to this one is Lawyers Are Cheaper Than Popcorn. So (laughs) a man who is a regular uh, movie um, goer, Justin Thompson from Michigan, Two, two Michigan stories back to back. Michigan's a crazy place up there. Yeah. Must be all the unemployment. Has been has has filed a class action lawsuit against AMC Theaters, the second largest theater chain in the U.S., alleging that the snacks at the counter are overpriced and it amounted to price gouging. The Detroit Free Press, who first ran this article, 
uh, quotes Thompson's lawyer as saying he got tired of being take advantage, taken advantage of. It's hard to justify prices that are three and four times higher than anywhere else. Really? So it was, it was preferable to hire a lawyer and fund a class action lawsuit that could go for, for years than it is to buy some popcorn? Or go without for two hours. Right. The article <laughs> says that he used to bring his own snacks in until they put up signs saying no outside food allowed. Okay, I've never been to a theater that didn't say no outside food allowed, so it was pretty unusual if they actually used to let him get on get along with it. But come on, that, really, really. Well, I think I told you the story, Mark, uh, on, a, on a podcast before, on some podcast in some past time, where many years ago, my wife and I went to the movies, and this was before every movie theater had a ATM at the front and took debit cards. Um, so we had you had to have cash to go to the movie theater. So we had a $20 bill and the movie was seven fifty a person. I remember this specifically. So it was 13 bucks. We had $7 left over. So I went up to the counter and I got, um, two drinks that were $2 each and I got nachos and they said, that'll be $8. And the nachos were $3, $2 for the drinks each and nachos. That should have been $7. I, and I did the math again, two large drinks. This, you can tell how long ago this was a large drink was $2. Right. Two large drinks or medium drinks, whatever it was, $4, nachos, $3. And I said, well, I'm missing something. I got $3 at two, you know, $4. And the guy turned around and the nachos were over in the left-hand column of the food. And there's like three columns of food. And the last item on the right was cheese. Oh my gosh. And it was nacho chips were $3. Cheese was a dollar. <laughs> and I said, you're telling me that if I want quote unquote nachos, not just the chips. I have to pay four bucks. He said, yes. I said, if I just order nachos, I just get the chips. It says nacho chips. And that's all I get. Yes. I said, how many times have you ever had somebody just order nacho chips? Yeah. And he just kind of, you know, as an 18 year old kid, he just kind of looked at me. Um, I don't think I've ever had anybody order just nacho chips, sir. And I said, that's ridiculous. And the manager was at the end of the counter. I just walked right over to him. I said, that is just crazy that you're doing. And I'm not joking. The next time we came in, it, they had changed it and it was nachos $4, but somebody thought they were being really clever for a while. And probably, you know, the, the, you, like you, Mark, you come in, you got three kids and your wife with you. I need four drinks, two bags of popcorn, nachos, and two bags of gummy bears. That'll be $37. And you don't think about the extra right. dollar, right? you know, um, but yeah, crazy. So I could see that as being extra cheese, a dollar, but yeah. isn't, isn't cheese sort of in the, the bargain for nachos, that's sort of part of the agreement, right? It when said nacho chips. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I promise. I should have just ordered the cheese then. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like two drinks and cheese. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, sir. We can't sell you cheese without the chips. Uh, well, that takes me back to the same story, Mark. I know you know this one probably uh, about Brahms, where you worked. Yes. And I went to the counter and I said, uh, you know, I want a double meat cheeseburger, order fries, and a large water. And they said, I'll have to charge you for the water. And I said, why? And they said, um, small waters are free, but any other size is not. And I said, so I can have a small water for free. Yes. Can I have three small waters for free? Yes. Yes. Can I have six small waters for free? Yes. Can I have a large water for free? No. <laughs> okay. Give me six small waters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I once had that uh, discussion at uh, a concession stand at a football game where everything is overly priced anyway. And uh, you should do a class action lawsuit. I, I could. Yeah, I really should. But, uh, it was, uh, I, how much for a water? Cause I, I didn't want 
a drink. I just wanted water. And it was, oh, that's the same price as a drink. Um, and why is water the same price as a drink? Well, we've got to pay for our cup. If I bring you a cup, will you fill it with water for me? No, it's going to be the same price as a drink. Wait, wait, but you just told me that the entire reason for charging me for water is because of the cup. If I bring you a cup, that's off the table. And do you know what the guy said? Next. <laughs> that was the end of that conversation. Well, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, you know, for at the at the school at least, you're supporting the the band boosters of the right. football club or the school. And speaking of that, we went to my son's kindergarten program tonight, which by the way, he did awesome. They did fantastic. It was a patriotic program. It was really, really quite well well done. They do a great job at that school. They also had an art show ahead of time that was a fundraiser. And they'd taken artwork from all the kids in the entire school. They had nice easels set up, um, like multi-station easels. I don't know how to, how to say them. They look a lot like, have you ever seen the people who haul glass and they have the A-frame in the back of the truck? Right, yeah. It was like that. It was, it was rows of these A-frames with you know two or three rows of frames. And they had taken and matted and mounted and framed the artwork from the classes. And you could find, find your kids' artwork and buy it for $25. And that supported PTA. When you walked up to pay, there was a big sign that says, I guess because people had complained, you are not buying your child's artwork. You are purchasing the frame and mounting. If you do not wish to purchase the frame and mounting, your child's artwork will be sent home with them next week. And that's thought it was sad that they didn't have to say that. Right. Hopefully everybody knew that. <laughs> if I really wanted my son to paint a picture of some bluebirds in a tree stick, you know, a limb, I could have him do it at home for right. free. Um, but and by the way, my son's out of they had his class of uh, all the kid and card classes either did a picture of a polar bear um, that they did painted or a tree limb with with three bluebirds on it. And they obviously had one they they looked at because all of them were about the same. My son was the only one who had a squirrel, <laughs> a, some, a little bitty tiny squirrel. It was like one inch long. The bluebirds were like four inches. And my wife said, "Now why did you put a squirrel on Nathaniel? I felt like the bluebirds needed some prey." <laughs> there you go. That's funny. So, so they, he put a squirrel on it. Anyway, back to back to the story. I, I wear a pair of uh, uh, fifteen dollar sunglasses that are really fifteen cent sunglasses that I could get at any dollar store anywhere in the country for less than a dollar. But I paid fifteen dollars for them because they were from the Cherrydale catalog, which is a fundraiser for my kids. You expect fundraisers to be more expensive, yeah. and and. You sort of expect movie theater prices to be. I, I, I literally, one of the first dates, maybe the second date I ever had with the woman who is now my wife, I called her up on the phone and my exact words were, I'm not kidding, my student loan came through. Do you want to go to the movies with me? Because <laughs> um, I knew that with but with the student loan, I could afford the popcorn because we had this, you know, dollar movie thing. We'd go on Tuesday nights where it was only 50 cents. So you'd, you'd go and you'd pay your 50 cents, but it was another $27 if you wanted. Uh, popcorn and a coke. Yeah, that's and if you're where they, that's a date, where they stayed open. That's right. If you're bringing a date, you got to spring for the popcorn, right? And yep. and uh, at that place, butter was extra. So there was popcorn, was you know four dollars. <laughs> Jeez, one dollar. Yeah, it was popcorn for four dollars. Buttered popcorn, six fifty. So it was. Wow. Well, you know, um, our mutual friend Tommy that I referred to on the podcast the other night on one one workout, talking about him snoozing for hours. He, his first post-college job was an architect, and his firm was one of the firms that designed Hollywood theaters, movie theaters, and he designed several of them, and their only instruction to his architecture firm was, 
funnel everybody to the concession stand. Right. We want everything to point to the concession stand. When you walk in, we want your eye to go to the concession stand because apparently some insider information they gave him, the theater makes almost zero money on the movie um, and will pay for the building in five years from the concession stand. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I guess that's why the, 50, the dollar movie theaters are always the just run movies. They can get them cheaper so they can charge less for them. They charge the same prices on the concession stand. So you have the same overhead. Right. Or the same profit margin, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And movie prices are ridiculous anyway. I mean, you $12 now to go see a movie when, when they're making all their money on the, the popcorn anyway. And then if you've, if you've ever tried to buy um, tickets online, you can do that. But there's like a seven dollar convenience fee there to can charge be, your credit yeah. card. Um, that's well. That, one good thing though, what that's done now is is, is made purchasing DVDs more palatable. Right. Because now a twenty five dollar DVD is the same price as my wife and I going and seeing at the movie theater one time. Exactly. Yeah, I don't rent DVDs <laughs> anymore. I just buy them. If I even if I don't think it's going to be a good movie or if I'm not sure, I, I can't. You know, there's no downside to buying the movie because it's nineteen dollars at Walmart. Uh, yeah, in, in 1987, I worked at one of the first video stores in our area, Columbia TV and Video. Hey, Jeff Baker, if you're out there, <laughs> call me sometime. Uh, and I remember the, the way she got her, it was because it was VCR tapes at the time, you know, VHS. The way she got her VCR tapes, VHS tapes, a guy in a van would come by about every three weeks with the new releases, and she would go out and, and let the owner determine how many she would purchase. They were 80 to 90 bucks a piece for the videos. And, um, that's how, that's how the place operated. And we actually kept the videos behind the counter cause they were so pricey, right? Uh, craziness. So now they're all free. You can just download them with a BitTorrent. Right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So the next story in the list is about sexist trousers, not sexy trousers, sexist. Trousers. I actually saw this on Facebook today. Somebody had posted it. Uh, I, I, I thought it was funny. Right. It, it should have been taken as tongue in cheek. I can't I, believe anybody's funny. I laughed out loud in, in major ways. Um, uh, trousers being sold by a British clothing store sparked online outrage over their washing instructions. This is hilarious. Okay. This is the tag. I'm going to read it to you exactly as is machine wash warm inside out with light colors only. Use only non chlorine bleach, tumble dry. Medium, medium hot iron. Do not iron print. Or, in big bold print, give it to your woman. It's her job. <laughs> oh. Now, apparently you're not allowed to have a sense of humor anymore. That, that made me laugh. That was funny. Give it to your woman. It's her job. That's hilarious. Nobody's going to take that seriously unless you are British pant consumers and they've gone crazy over it that's just crazy i, I mean one of my uh, acquaintance i call him he's, he's not a close friend he's an acquaintance of mine he was saying this past weekend i was talking to him and he said at work they've been giving some of the women at his office a hard time uh, saying things like you know why your feet are so small so you can stand closer to the stove <laughs> <laughs> you know why women don't wear watches because the microwave has a clock on it you know that kind of thing and i was like I'm glad, you know, that you must work at a smaller company. Uh, my <laughs> HR department probably would frown upon that right. vaguely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, th that reminds me of a great old joke. Uh, and I'm going to tell the super short 30-second version of it. 
uh, uh, airplane pilot comes over, says, we've had total engine failure. We're going down. There's nothing we can do. Uh, those of you who pray, you should start doing it now. Young woman stands up and screams out, I'm a virgin. I don't want to die a virgin. Somebody make me feel like a woman. An old man, three rows back, stands up, pulls off his pants, throws them at her, says, iron those. <laughs> oh, that, make, that reminds me of a joke, since we're, since we're telling jokes tonight. Um, <clears throat> this uh, this uh, guy, he was elderly gentleman, his best friend was turning 80. And so he decided as a joke, he would send him a stripper. And so uh, you, you may have heard, I think I might have told you this one in college, Mark. Um and so I only have like four jokes. I tell them over and over. So the stripper knocks on the gentleman's door. He opens it up, you know, beautiful, voluptuous young woman, trench coat on. She pops open the trench coat on, has a little micro bikini on underneath and says, I'm here to give you super sex. And the guy says, I'll have the soup. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Reagan was once quoted as saying, uh, middle age is that time. When uh, you when choosing between two evils, you pick the one that'll get you home between before nine p.m. <laughs> so here's a serious one. Um, okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, I do have a good one. In Colorado, uh, at uh, an elementary school, uh, an eleven year old girl was frog marched down the hall in handcuffs for being rude. Awesome. <laughs> So, so you're a fan of handcuffing small children? You know, they should have just waterboarded her right there and, <laughs> and, and got her to go ahead and repent and confess and her, her horribleness. I, I, I think that's probably a little much. You know, uh, I don't have any problem handcuffing an 11-year-old if, if she attacks somebody, you know, physically assaulted a teacher or something like that. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. That's protecting the child and the, and, the, the, and the person being attacked. But just because they mouthed off to you, I mean, that's when you grab them by the ear and you drag them down right. the hallway. You don't cuff them and take them down the hallway. Yeah, so here's the the uh, uh, the crux of the story. An Adams County Sheriff's Office incident report said Yahira Kizada, a sixth grader at Shaw Heights Middle School, okay, so not elementary, middle school, was found walking in a hallway during lunch by the school's assistant principal. Um, the child reportedly claimed that she was in the hallway because she was cold and needed a sweater from her locker. The report said that when the principal began speaking to the child, she turned away and said, I don't have time for this. After the counselor tried unsuccessfully to mediate, the girl was reportedly handcuffed and taken to the holding in the juvenile facility called The Link. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love to know the details of this because I would tend to think that that there was more to it than that. You know, did the girl, did they try to escort her and she refused to go and got, there was some, you know, some uh, approaching being physical. Cause as I've dealt with teenagers a lot <clears throat> in the past. And, and I, uh, I had incidents where we had two 13 year old girls get into a fight. Uh, and literally trying to hurt each other. Seriously. I mean, they were going at it. These were not little scrawny 13 year old girls. These were strong. These were, these were 13-year-old pubescent girls who had already, you know, were pretty much their full adult height and strength, and they were just going at it. And the only way to physically restrain them was to grab them and hold them back. The whole time being aware I'm putting myself into possible lawsuit territory right. if I accidentally grabbed them somewhere on, you know, that's inappropriate or whatever. So I had the one girl. It was so funny because 
the one girl, I had, I was actually able to get her where her arms were crossed across her chest, and I had her arms, so I was around her arms, and I was able to hold her, wasn't wasn't squeezing or anything like that. And I said, "Are you have you, you calm down? Yeah, I'm calm." And my my other guy had the other girl over there. Are you are you are you done? Yes, I'm done. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna put you on the bus and go ahead and take you back home. Okay, I let go. She ran straight over to the other girl <laughs> and ripped her weave out. <laughs> held it up like a trophy <laughs> and and started going at it again, you know? So I can understand the, you know, what do you do in that kind of situation? Maybe if, if that, if that was the situation, you know, we had another situation where the similar working with the same group of kids, we had a couple of those like 15, 16 year old girls that lived in the same apartment complex and were kind of enemies. And it ended up at with together. We ended up having to separate them on the bus. We, we dropped, the one girl off on her side of the apartment drove the entire busload of kids over to the other side of the apartment to let the other 15 or 20 kids off, let them out. The guys that were with the busload of kids were out there, you know, trying to make sure everything was okay. The girl that we dropped off on the other side of the apartment complex ran all the way across the apartment complex just to be able to get there before the other girl went in her apartment, came running up and cold cocked the girl from the side. And they ended up two of them holding her like a, you know, like jelly roll, like you, carry a dolphin back to the ocean, you know, <laughs> one had her legs and one had her around the torso. And uh, one of my guys came back and literally had a, uh, sketchers boot print on his forehead where he got kicked in the forehead and had the heel of a boot print on his forehead bruised. Um, and the people in the, in the apartment came out and were saying, let that girl go, get your hands off that girl. And they're like, are you sure she's going to try to kill that girl? And they're like, yeah. You know, so they, they finally just let them go and wash their hands of it and let the people at the complex deal with it. But if that kind of situation was, was happening, yeah, cuff them. Right. You're protecting yourself and you're protecting them. If they're just smarting off, uh, I think they went a little far. Well, see, what I'm reading to you is the incident report, uh, at least what was published. Uh, the Adams County Sheriff's Office claims that handcuffing students in such a manner is standard procedure. Huh. I, I'm, I'm I'm of two minds about this. In in one, in some ways, it's like you know, yeah, you you got to teach them a lesson, right? There are consequences for your actions, and being cuffed and stuffed might be one of them. However, she's eleven, you know, um, is that appropriate? If she if she'd been eighteen, yeah, absolutely. If she'd been seventeen, right. sure. But eleven, I think I think you can subdue her without resorting to hardware. Yeah, you you would hope so. And uh, Nightstar in the chat room says, the assistant per principal carries handcuffs. What does the principal carry? <laughs> Nightstick. Yeah, he's got, uh, he's got a fully loaded submachine gun. Wow. Okay. So here's one that I, I put in here just for you, Aaron. I know that you're a runner. Yes. Uh, does sometimes running get a little boring for you? You know, it's funny. When I saw this, I knew exactly what I was talking about because I've actually looked at doing one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would, that, I think it would be awesome. So here's an app um, that uh, builds high interval, uh, uh, high intensity interval training um, into uh, a zombie story. So you put your headphones on, and oh, as you know what? I, go, I'm sorry, Mark. When I saw this, I thought it was something else, but then I read the article. Go ahead. I'm just, I retract everything I said and replace it with an entirely different reality. Go. Okay. So <laughs> you put your headphones on 
And while you're running, it's it's playing your music, whatever your playlist is on your thing. And and during like it interrupts your playlist every so often with um instructions and like news stories and and sounds. Um like you'll hear a siren and the sound of a gate opening and you'll hear uh we're under attack, everybody get to um, you know, the front now. And so you have to run at that point. You you take off running. If you've been jogging, you run fast. The the story that lays out is there's a post-apocalyptic world where zombies are trying to eat you. And it literally will say, there's one right now. Run, run, go, go, go. And so it weaves a story where, where you get the, the whole backstory and the plot and you find out how it came to be in your run. So the That's idea awesome. is it may not make running more uh, fun, but it'll make it less boring. You know, we we need to bring this up to to Tess, Mark, who's scheduled to be with us on one meal workout this week. Who's who's doing a a, a lecture called "Running Doesn't Suck as Bad as You Think It Does." <laughs> you know, as maybe a tool she could put in her, her tool belt for trying to get those non runners to get out there. I thought you were referring to this. There's a 5K race series called "Run for Your Life" that actually has real zombies on the course. That's funny. And you and you wear flags like flag football, and uh, and the zombies try to grab your flags. And they're dressed like zombies and they're slow zombies and fast zombies. And there's obstacles that are, you know, thematically correct. And, um, to, to win, to place in the race, you have to make it through alive, quote unquote. If you lose all your flags, you can still finish the race, but you're technically not alive. And there's health packs, which are right. like flags that are hidden throughout the course. So you can find a flag and pick it up. If you don't have, if you've lost all yours, things like that. So that, that I thought that's what the article was going to be talking about, but. I'm going to have to pull that up and uh, actually try that. Yeah, it says that each mission is roughly a half an hour long with uh, uh, approximately every five minutes you have to run hard for a couple of minutes. Um, and uh, there are you have to run to shelter or you have to run to get food or right. you have to run to get weapons. And so it, it weaves a story in and gives your brain something to do while your legs are screaming, what are you doing? Stop this. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm sure if you're, you know, if you just let yourself buy into it a little bit, what you'll get, you'll get that adrenaline kick, right? Which will be, you know, helpful on motivating you to take off and run. Yeah, and uh, um, so there are th- currently 13 missions, 13 different 30 minute runs, with 17 more in development, and you get uh, you get badges, you get uh, uh, different achievements that are unlocked, and they're working on a social integration where. Uh, you can like team up with other people who are running and they'll, they'll try to try to put you together right now. It doesn't do that, but they're working on that where it'll track your GPS. And if there's anybody else in the area or even just on your, not in the area, but in the same, um, pack and they're doing and it, the it, same thing. It is free. Right. And I'm downloading it now for my wife. Available for both Android and iPhone. Yep. Over a million people have downloaded it and it's gotten uh four stars. So it's apparently people like it. And uh, what's the name of the app, Aaron? Zombie Run. Zombie Run. Zombie, comma, run with an exclamation point. Like, zombie, run! Like right. you saw one. As in, you saw a zombie to take off running. Yes, 7,000 people give it five stars. So it's, it sounds like it's going to be fun. Okay, so this, the last story that I have in the docket um, is uh, an interesting one to me. It, it's we, we started with an ethical story. We're going to end with an ethical story. The right. uh, New Orleans Saints... Uh, it has recently come uh, come out that during this last season, and maybe in uh, previous seasons, but definitely this, this last season, they had a bounty on the defense. Um, the program uh, involved as many as 27 defensive players, 
and at least uh, one assistant coach oh during yeah 2009 2010 and 2011 seasons so it's the last three seasons there was a list of achievements of activities that you got paid for all the players putting money into a pot and the pot could get pretty good uh, pretty big um and if you injured a player to the point that he had to be carried off the field that was a certain bounty if you put him out of the game entirely that was a bigger bounty now there are other bounties for things like sacks and interceptions and uh, uh block passes but they also had you know, actual bonuses targets for injuring somebody um let me read a second here according to the nfl saints players regularly contribute to a cash pool the total of which may have been as high as $50,000 or more at its peak. They were paid $1,500 for a knockout when an opposing player was not able to return to the game and $1,000 for a cart-off when an opposing player had to be carried off the field in in some cases. Uh, And sometimes particular players on the team were targeted. So you get money if you knock this guy out. Wow. I mean, I used to jokingly say that you know, uh, I could be an uh, NBA star. I, you know, I got five technical fouls and they have five starters, um, you know, <laughs> but, you know, that was always just kind of tongue in cheek uh, about my, how terrible of a basketball player I am because I always end up just running over people. Uh, but the, I don't know how, again, this, um, maybe they should have been building robot pole dancers and said, but their spare time, but just yeah. where do people, how do people come up with these things and how do they ever think it's okay? I mean, I don't know. Is it was it just a good old boys? You know, no. Uh, everybody's afraid to to be um to be the guy that is wimpy. What the uh, the story says that uh, there's no question. Uh, wait, no, I, I'm on the wrong side. It says it was a terrible mistake, and we knew it was wrong while we were doing it. Instead, we sort of got caught up in it. Um, yeah. and the, the, the defensive coordinator says, I take full responsibility for my role and I'm sorry. I had to learn a hard lesson. Um, uh, yada, yada. Um, the league says there's no question. The bounty program violates longstanding league rules. Uh, payments of this type, even for legitimate plays, such as interceptions or fumble recoveries are forbidden because they are inconsistent with the collective bargaining agreement and also well-accepted rules for re- relating to player conduct. So, uh, that's an interesting, uh, tweak on it it's uh it's payment um other than the salary cap against the cap so you could look at it that way it's against their uh collective bargaining agreement but uh to uh to to target somebody and say you take um drew Brees out of the game um wait drew Brees plays for the saints i can't say that one you take peyton manning out of the game and you get an extra fifteen hundred dollars with your uh game check this week that's that's crazy. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, again, I just don't, I don't know how, what, what they were thinking. Yeah. I know they say they got caught up in it. Yeah. Uh, but now, that's just in, in college. <clears throat> it's very common to have, you know, players with stickers all over their helmets and stuff for the big stick. So we, it, it's okay to uh, reward play like that. You know, you, you lay the big hit or you get the big interception, you get an accolade, you get a reward, but they went too far when they had a hit list out that this player, yeah. this guy here has a bounty on him. Right. That is crazy. Um, before we get too far away from it, I want to go back to the run zombies application. I actually pulled it up here on my wife's phone. Multiplayer game is out beta on, on the phone. You can actually, cool. you can actually uh, see my screen here. If you're watching the live speak, can you actually see it? Is it all washed out? That's pretty boiling out. There we go. There we go. 
and then um, it has controlled outbreak, early local infestation, late local infestation, total pandemic. So I guess that's going to be how hard this zombie density it says. But then the part I really like is type of zombie parentheses zombie speed. It has two miles an hour, night of the living dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh resident evil yeah. is uh five what five road. miles an hour and then 28 eight, days later is eight, eight miles, miles an hour that's, that's awesome. it's gonna it's gonna tell you you know how fast the zombies are chasing and if it actually can tell you tell how fast you're going then i guess it can tell you if you're running fast enough to get away right it'll tell you if you got caught and then when you hit the multiplayer game it actually shows you a little um gives you a little thing about you should travel in groups invite your friends it's safer um you build a fortification to keep your zombies away, but not more than once every 10 minutes. It's, it's really interesting. They've put some thought to this. So, yeah. So the eight mile per hour, that's a, that's a hefty sprint for anybody. That's fast. That's fast for me. That's faster. I can, I can barely run that fast. Right. You know, for any length, um, that's a, that's a definite sprint. I'm going to try it. I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to put that on my phone and do it uh, this weekend. Cool. And I'm going to look behind me as I'm running just for fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to think if you're the type of person who's, who's easily creeped out, you know, and, and you got your earbuds in, right. And so you can really work with the sound and you can really play with the ambient uh, sounds well, and, and doors I run creaking. at night. Yeah. You run at night, right. And you can actually <laughs> hear like footsteps behind you. Uh, you could really have a lot of fun with that sort of thing. That what would be great is if they could somehow Bluetooth link the phone to my headlamp and make my headlamp like flicker and go out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, Okay, so I think we're pretty much done with the NFL story. Um, competition and, and healthy uh, zeal to do well is one thing, but uh, personal bounties is over the line. Well, and speaking of you know um, further compensation for our overpaid athletes, uh, the NBA apparently is, is discussing, has it on the table again to possibly let people put uh, ads on the uniforms. Oh, wow. I, so it'll be like NASCAR. Yeah, I didn't put this uh, in the uh, show notes, but I read an article when I was doing my research. Yes, research. Uh, when I was doing my research for the show about uh, British teens who uh, are selling their faces to help pay back college loans. So you will uh, agree to, for the period of six months, nine months to a full year, paint a message or a logo on your face every day, everywhere you go for X amount of money. Hmm. I've heard of people doing tattoos before, right. but the, 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 the painting is an interesting, uh, idea. I haven't heard of that. I, I would probably I, not be for it in general. Right. I have to put that under the category of have we no dignity? Yeah. Um, cause I don't even, I don't even like to wear, um, brand logos and stuff on, like I don't wear a shirt, uh, that says Nike on it or something like that. And if I do, uh, I'm not going to pay for it. Um, my my rule about that is if if you want me to um, advertise your product, you're going to give me the dang hat. All right, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to pay for a Starbucks hat so that I can be your walking billboard and wear your logo. Speaking right. of which, uh, please go to elementopi.com/store and buy our logo so that you can wear it and be our billboard. Thank you very much. And if you'll paint the logo on your face. <laughs> We will charge we'll, you for it. We won't charge you. We won't. Yeah, won't charge copyright infringement. It, it worked good though. You could do like the, the two hands up, two of the little arms of the jumping jack guy on the forehead, and 
down the bridge of your nodes and the other two under your eyes. Right. Yeah. It looked pretty cool. Now, I understand uh, wearing the your sports team, right, uh, or or your favorite NASCAR driver, or even you know a Budweiser shirt if that's your favorite beer. I get uh, advertising products that you like. I'm fine with that. But to be charged for the privilege never sat right with me. And yet, I do, in fact, charge for people to wear my T-shirts. Um, there's, there's a little uh, hypocrisy for you right there. And if I could give them away, I would. I charge the absolute minimum I can. I make no money off of them. It is right. pure. It's, it's what it costs me to make them. So there Exactly. And I did the same thing. I, bought, I went out and bought 10 shirts and gave them to uh, my co-hosts and the people who have supported me the most on my, my fitness journey. Nice shirt, Mark. Um, so yeah, same thing. Uh, it's not a, it's not a money-making venture for me to sell the shirts. Um, if you, I would love for you to wear my logo. Right. So Aaron, tell us what logo that is and where they might find it. That would be the one meal, one workout logo. And I haven't said it for a while, so I'm going to say it now. That's the number one meal, the number one workout, not O-N-E, like the O-Neaters, um, because it makes funny words if you spell it out. So onemealoneworkout.com is my website. Uh, one Meal Workout is also the podcast that's hosted by elementop.com, same podcast that you found this wonderful podcast hosting production company thing that you found this wonderful podcast at. Uh, and it's a podcast about food and fitness and things health related and an attempt to encourage people to have a better, healthier life. And why should somebody ascribe to you any, uh, knowledge in that field? Because, um, as my moniker so proudly, uh, exclaims in the chat room when I'm in there, I am the former fat guy. I lost, I've lost around 150 pounds, give or take five pounds. I don't know what my actual top weight was because my scale didn't have batteries. And when you weigh 400 pounds, you don't get batteries for your scale if you can help it. Um, so yeah, I've lost 150 pounds in the last year and a half, two years. Um, kept it off pretty well and got active blood pressure down, blood sugar down, blood fats down, activity level up, hiking, camping, running, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I took my mom to dinner tonight. And uh, at one that was point, nice of you, Mark. At one point, she said, "Have you lost a whole lot of weight?" And I said, "Why, yes, I have. Thank you for noticing. It's a very gratifying thing when somebody says it is. It is very much so. I'm not at 150 pounds, and I still have a long, long way to go. I'm still a fat guy. I can't be a former fat guy, but I'm on my way. And I'm I am two thirds, or we are two thirds of the One Meal One Workout podcast. So if All you right. enjoyed this conversation, you might enjoy that show as well. You'll probably also enjoy other shows that we do." on the Element OP network. And you can find all of those things at elementop.com. But more than that, please, I beg of you, sign on to the website, create an account, doesn't cost anything, uh, and I promise I will never spam you. Um, go to the forums and introduce yourself to us. We know we have listeners. There, there are lots of people who listen to this show, at least seven or eight. Um, and mm -hmm. so jump in there and, and let us know uh, who you are, what you care about. Uh, let's build this community out uh, because the... Two guys sitting behind microphones, or in Aaron's case, wearing headsets, um, does not a community make. You are out there, and you are listening, and you are downloading. Uh, interact with us, please. Go to elementop.com and make your presence known. Join our community there. Become part of the conversation. The family. Yeah, join <laughs> the conversation. Okay, Aaron, any final thoughts before we say goodnight? You know, I, I'm 
I'm going to encourage if there's if there's the person that's listening to this podcast that maybe came over from the Tightwad Tech or one of the other the other episode other podcasts and um and you're not as fit or healthy as you'd like to be or you know people that aren't as fit or as healthy as they'd like to be, I want to encourage you to give one meal one workout a listen. Um, not because uh, I'm afraid of doing shameless self promotion, but because I think we've got good content, we have good guests. Um, we've got good experiences of our own and it's something, you know, our goal is to encourage you and educate you and entertain you all at the same time. Um, if you are somebody that's having trouble sleeping and you're tired, go in there and listen to one of the the sleep episodes. We just recorded a new one this week, but go back and listen to the sleep episode number 12. I think it is. Uh, we had, uh, it, it, there's content sitting there on that podcast at your fingertips. And maybe you thought, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not into a fitness podcast. It's not just about fitness. It's not, it's not a running podcast. It's not a dieting podcast. It's, it's more about approaching life in general to be more fit and healthy and, and, and uh, be able to do the things you want to do. Like one of our guests actually said, uh, Jason Carver, he said, my definition of, of, of healthy is being able to do what you want to do it when you want to do it. All right, that's it. Thanks, Aaron, for your for being with us. Uh, I, I hope this wasn't too boring with just the two of us. I know it wasn't the usual rousing conversation that we tend to have here, but uh, there were some interesting stories and hopefully some entertaining commentary. Thanks for joining us all, and uh, I will say for this week, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Periodic Table.